Sometimes you gotta just start. This is the intro song. This is the O Quits' Day Job Motivation to Get You Started Podcast. A podcast from a guy who really doesn't know what he's doing. For people who really don't know what they're doing. Join me, your host, Greg Owens, a.k.a. O, as I unpack the hows and whys of people who just can't seem to get unstuck and start pursuing their dreams, just like me. We'll grow together and figure this thing out. I'll figure out a podcast. You'll figure out how to pursue your dreams. We'll grow together and we'll get better as a team. O quits his day job. Motivation to get you started. Coming at you right now. Bow, bow, bow. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of O quits his day job. Motivation to get you started. I uh, hope you're digging these podcast so far this is episode five and uh back no interview this time no guest this time just me flying solo had a great interview on episode four with joel richardson of soul joel productions if you didn't hear it go back and check it out check out episodes one two and three if you want they're all a little bit rough i'm not gonna lie to you again like it says i really don't know what i'm doing but I got a message that I want to get out to people, okay? And that is, we can all do it. If you got something you want to try and you're hesitant, you don't know what to do, you can do it. You just got to make it happen. It might not be super easy, but it can happen. So we're going to talk about a few things today. Uh, I did a little quick spiff on uh, Instagram the other day about uh, you're not having the ability or you don't have the right to tell yourself that you're not good enough to do something. We're going to dive into that a little more. And also about how life is, as I put it, 1% what happens and 99% how you handle it. I'm um, going to dive into that. And then I'm going to come clean on a couple things uh, that uh, I'm a little bit shy about, a little not crazy about being open about, but I don't think it can hurt for people to hear that everybody's got issues, basically everybody. So, uh, yeah, listen, I, I want people to start getting engaged with this. Start sharing it with your friends, tell them about it. You know, it, these are just going to keep getting better and better. And, um, I want to get a good following going. I want to get some people shooting me some emails, laying some comments down on the, on the YouTube channel and, and getting a little bit of engagement going so we can grow this thing together. Uh, email address gowens2222 at gmail.com. Fire me off an email. Don't spam me. Don't sell a damn email address. Be cool, all right? But I want to hear from you. So bottom line, what I said the other day on Instagram was uh, you do not have the right to tell yourself that you are not good enough at something. You can't be the one saying you can't do it. You have to leave that up to the expert, the teacher, the mentor, the judge, whomever, the person that you're doing it for. For instance, perhaps you just don't think you're a good enough guitar player to try out for a particular local band that you like and you saw that they're looking to audition new guitar players. If you want to do it, do it. You, you don't know if you're not good enough. You don't know what they're looking for. You don't know what kind of skill level you have to have. And you don't know, you may be good enough. You may be a very good guitar player. 
and you just don't think you are. You you have it in your head, which is what we're going to talk about some more in this podcast. You have it already in your head that you're just not good enough. It's a self-esteem issue and you need to work on that. Or maybe you're not good enough and that's okay. You can work on getting better, but it's not your call to make. Let the people that are auditioning the guitar players decide if you're not good enough. I, uh, I, I picked up that, that little tidbit from a, uh, an improv coach or an improv teacher, uh, improv comedy teacher that I worked with probably 10 years ago. Um, I mean, it's not, he didn't invent the, <laughs> the concept that's been around for an extremely forever. I mean, it's, it's a basic principle of life, uh, really, but a lot of us just don't quite follow it. Um, but at any rate, I did some, I'm a stand-up comic. I know I don't tell a lot of funny jokes on this podcast, but give me time. We'll get to the funny stuff right now. We're just trying to get to the basis, get the basis set up for the fact that I, as well as many of you, we got some issues. We got a hurdle so that we can get super successful at any rate. So uh, before stand-up comedy, I tried some improv comedy and there's an argument in the industry, the comic industry, Stand-up comics, they don't necessarily like improv comics. Improv comics don't necessarily like stand-up comics. Not in an extremely hateful manner, but the two art forms of comedy uh, kind of don't see eye to eye sometimes. They, you know what I mean? It's just a little, little, uh, little aggression, maybe a little, a little com- competition, maybe. We'll put it, call it competition, not aggression. And, uh, we, and I'm going to be honest, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to side with the improv comics that improv comedy is a little tougher than stand-up comedy, a little bit tougher than stand-up comedy. I might be pissing off some of my stand-up comedy friends, some, some real good stand-up comics out there. And there's some real good improv comics up there out there, but bottom line with improv, you are doing it all on the spot and you need to be coming up with the, funny as you go. And there's a lot of training that goes into that to uh, do that. And I got into it a while back, like I said, and I was pretty good at first. I thought I was a pretty good improvisational entertainer. And the more I got into it, it seemed like the less good I got. (laughs) I I just got worse and worse to the point that I didn't even want to do it anymore. And no one wanted to do it with me for that matter. See, that, that's the thing about improv comedy is you have a partner on stage usually, and it's your job as an improv comic to support your partner and make them better. So that's where it works. And that's why it's always a good show. If you got really good improv comics, that's the hard part. At least it was for me. Stand up comedian. You're by yourself. You get the stage. Everybody's got to pay attention to you and you're doing all the talking. And a lot of times, most of the time, you know what you're going to say before you go up there improv you don't know you go up there the audience tells you what they want you to talk about and boom there you go you're off and running at any rate so that's kind of a difference that's where I was and so as I have said I didn't think I was doing very good at improv and that's when this improv mentor coach teacher whatever you want to call him he says to me that's not your call to make you can't make that call never tell yourself you didn't do good I can be the only one that tells you whether you didn't do good or not. Then he went on to tell me I didn't do good. Ah, no, just kidding. I don't know. Honestly, I don't even remember whether he thought I was good or not. (laughs) 
I didn't heed his words really very well at the time, people. And I decided mm, this ain't for me. Time to go on to something. And stand up, frankly, it, that was my first love always, always. And improv just happened to be uh, my first foray that I uh, discovered avenues into. And that's why I did the improv. And I loved it. And I would do it again uh, to just as the challenge and also for the fact that it's good training for a stand-up comic to uh, understand how the improv side of things work. So at any rate, that's what that is. But the guy says, that's where I basically, it hit me first was uh, him telling me that I don't have that ability. It's not my place to tell myself I'm not good enough. And it's not, I don't know what's good. I don't know what's good and I don't know what's bad. So I got to leave it up to somebody else. Another story about that is there's a, there's somebody very near and dear to my heart who uh, will remain anonymous to the best of my ability, who is also a performer of sorts. And um, we've had the conversation where he has made it clear to me that uh, certain performance is certain roles weren't suited for him. He couldn't do them for this reason or, or another reason. And I would always say to him, that's not your call. You don't know what they're looking for. You don't know what they may do with that particular role. Perhaps they'll alter the role slightly to fit you because they like you that much. Perhaps that you are better than you realize and that they want you for that role, even though you think you can't do that role. It's not your call to make. You'll miss opportunities. You will miss many opportunities if you continually tell yourself, prejudge yourself, predetermine that you can't do something. It's not a good habit to get into, and you need to figure out a way to not do that. It could be anything. It could be a job you want to apply for. It could be a business that you want to run. It could be a, uh, I said it before, if you want to try stand-up comedy, you want to join a local comedy competition, you can't tell yourself that you're not good enough to do it. Oh, I'm not funny enough. You don't know. Get up there and do it. And then we're going to swing back to this in a minute here. Don't let me forget, okay? I got one more point I got to make, but I want to move on here to the next thing, which is um, I said life's 1% what happens to you and 99% how you react to it. Well, that's really not the exact quote. The idea is there. The point is, it's more important how you react to situations than what the situation is in the first place. I guess it was, uh, there's a gentleman, Charles Swindoll, who's a inspirational speaker. I, I believe he's a spiritual leader, that sort of thing. But he said uh, his exact quote way back when was, we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for the day. Life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we react to it. Our attitude is everything. So that's his quote. And that bit has been repeated thousands of times by thousands of inspirational and motivational speakers that life is 10% what happens and 90% how we react to it. So it's not a new concept. But it is extremely difficult to do. And if you think about it, 
all of the things that have happened to you in life. Uh, think about it just in the past week, some of the stuff that went on and the, what it did to you uh, as a result. Um, for instance, the power went out in our house the other night and I had laundry in the washing machine. Okay. This was late at night. Wanted to have it dry before I went to bed by 11, 12 o'clock at night so that I would have those clothes ready for myself early the next morning for a meeting I had to go to. Well, the power goes out in the middle of the wash at like 10 o'clock at night. I go, not that big a deal, except that I check with the electric company and the power's not going to be restored until nearly the next time, the next morning. So that laundry's sitting in the washing machine, soaking wet. And I'm losing my mind because I got to have that stuff for the next morning. And it's mid, it's going to be, it's late. It's late at night. Now, what am I going to do? I mean, I got to deal with this. And it's, should I be losing my mind and getting upset? No, I figure out a solution to it. Not that big a deal. But instead, I ended up not sleeping well because I was worrying about it and figuring out. All I had to do was set the alarm for early in the morning, get up and rewash the clothes and dry them. Not that big a deal. But instead, I'm getting pissed off at the electric company and the fact that they're not going to get it fixed until the next morning. It, it's just not a good, it wasn't good, wasn't good. Bottom line is a little thing was 10% of what happened. And then 90% is my reaction, losing sleep, causing stress, anxiety, getting upset, getting mad at the electric company, getting mad at the weather, getting mad at my wife for telling me to calm down, all that stuff. Just silliness, really, if you think about it. So it is, it's extremely difficult to keep that 10%, 90% thing in check. But uh, that absolutely can become the difference for people between success and failure. Now, that example was silly. It was a little thing, not that big a deal. But you think about how you might react in a business situation with something going wrong. It could be the difference between you succeeding in business or completely failing in business. So you really need to think about how you're going to react to situations. Uh, kind of goes hand in hand with another situation or another quote, common concept that people talk about, and that is that happiness is a choice, right? It really kind of is. Of course, there's certain things that make us laugh, make us smile, bring a tear of joy to our eye that we don't control. It just kind of happens. But also, we can also wake up in the morning and decide, are we going to be happy about what we got going on that day, or are we going to be miserable, right? For instance, with the laundry, set my alarm for five o'clock in the morning when the power is going to come back on. Am I going to be miserable because I had to get up a little bit earlier than usual to get the laundry redone in time for me to get to my meeting at nine o'clock that morning or whatever? Or am I just going to be happy to do it because I got a good meeting that's going to be happening at nine o'clock and I want to get to that. It's a choice. I could just wake up and be completely miserable about not having a good night's sleep or I can just be happy that I got a good meeting coming up at nine o'clock where I'm going to get some cool stuff done. That's really what it comes down to. It's a choice. So getting back to um, telling yourself that you're not good enough, um, that that's a uh, choice. Or excuse me. <laughs> getting back to telling yourself that you're 
not good enough at something. Okay. And saying you can't do that. You got to let somebody else tell you whether you're not good enough or something. Bottom line is somebody may tell you that, yeah, you're not good enough. Let's take the comedy contest for an example. You got in the contest, you got knocked out in the first round. Does that mean you quit comedy just because that happened? Does that mean you're not good enough to do comedy because you, you, you lost in the first round? No, it's the very first time you ever tried comedy. So what you're going to do is learn from it. You're not going to get discouraged. You're going to figure out ways to get better. Maybe talk to some other comics. Maybe talk to some other people. Maybe get a hold of the judges for their feedback on what they liked or didn't like. That's, that's your 10%, 90% thing. The 10% was that you got knocked out of the contest. The 90% is what are you going to do next? Okay. You got feedback that you weren't quite good enough this time through. Doesn't mean you quit. It means you figure out how to do it better. Your 90% is what's next in my comedy growth. If I want to be a stand-up comedian, I just lost in the first round of a comedy contest. Where do I go from there? So I believe I've been kicking some dead horses here. Bottom line, points I wanted to make, you can't say you're not good enough. Boom, got that. And then life is 10% what happens and 90% how you react. If somebody says you are not good enough, figure out what you need to do to become good enough. Not that big a deal, really. Take it. It's opportunities. It's not, it's not negativity. It's not, it's not bad stuff. All right. So let's see. Last thing I wanted to talk about, and then we're going to wrap up because we're going to, I was trying to keep these things shorter nowadays. Um, I'm not, not even dying to do this part. Um, but I think it could help because, um, it's kind of like a come and clean for me and it might help other people realize they're definitely not alone. Um, so I learned, you know, I've always had it in the back of my head. I'm not a therapist guy. I'm not a psychologist guy. I don't like to go to the doctor at all. I don't like to go for medical reasons. I don't like to go for mental health reasons. And I know these days we are a lot more aware of the importance of mental health and it's probably not a bad thing. So I wanted to do it a little more anonymously. So I checked out some stuff online and then here I am coming clean to you guys about it. So, uh, you know, I don't know, I guess I'm not being that anonymous, but, um, you know, if you go, <laughs> if you look up something like low self-esteem on the internet, you'll, you'll get barraged with, uh, packages and products and surveys about low self-esteem. And the, the funny thing they do in depression or anxiety, any of those mental health issues, there's no shortage of these online. Take the survey right now and we'll tell you what the results are. So you take the survey and then to get your results, you got to send them an email address and then they email you the results and then they want to sell you the, the way to fix it. They've got the program. They've got the process. I've got it. You know, they've got a 90 day package for you and that this is going to make you better. Who knows if they work? I think we're all probably better off going to a, a tried and true professional psychologist, therapist trained in your area, whatever it may be. Um, I'm doing this for my own fruition, whatever that word means. 
Um, going to see what happens and I'll share it with you along the way. So I did these couple of these things. I found out uh, through this one survey that they, they feel that I have low self-esteem. I'll vouch for that, man. I kind of do. I really think I do. And then the other one said that I probably suffer from moderate depression. So now I got these two programs I'm working on. So moderate depression, I guess, is uh, is not real bad. It's not a health concern. It's not a safety concern. Uh, it's a motivational thing more than anything, I think. Um, but I'm not the expert. So listen, people, anytime I talk about this stuff, you need to consult your professional uh, experts, wherever you may live, your doctor, your therapist, etc. cetera. But uh, interesting thing about the low self-esteem, it, it made sense because it goes, to re- you know, the reasons people have low self-esteem and what self-esteem is, is basically what you think of yourself. Okay. We, we are intended to think highly of ourselves. That's the natural human state. But some of us don't necessarily do that. We don't think that we're as worthy as other people sometimes. And uh, that's what low self-esteem is. Reason an adult like me could have low self-esteem is um, it could be from bullying in your youth. Check. Um, Yeah, the bullying thing. I've talked about that. I got bullied. I got (laughs) bullied relentlessly. Uh, it was almost laughable. Um, but again, I don't like talking about it. So, um, you know, I don't know how far into this we're going to get, but the thing about it is, um, that it it's in the past and it might have created who I am now, but it's not going to create who I am in the future. It's not going to determine how I carry on with my life. That's the 10% of what happened. The 90% is what I'm doing since then. So, and don't get me wrong. I've had a pretty successful life so far. I was a very successful businessman for 35 years uh, to the point that I was able to get out of the corporate world a little earlier than most people typically do. So pat on the back for that, but um, definitely had to deal with some bullying. So one of the things that I've, say about myself is that I'm a terrible networker, uh, that I don't meet people well. I don't get into a crowd where there's people that I could talk to and learn from, uh, make connections with, collaborate with. I don't do well doing that. And uh, that's basically from low self-esteem. I kind of have this predisposed impression of myself that I probably don't have anything to offer these people. So why am I going to try to collaborate with them? Or I'm not as good as they are as what they do. So therefore, I'm not going to be able to intermingle with them. That's bad. Remember that in past, um, in in a past, uh, whatever these things are called, podcasts, right? In past podcast, I talked about that Marianne Williamson passage. Um, basically, she's saying, "Who are we not to be brilliant?" Right? Brilliance is in all of us, is what she says. As we let our brilliance shine, so too can others begin to shine because of us. That's not her. That's not quoting it exactly at all, but that's the gist of some of the things. You know, when I go in, I say I'm a shitty networker because I'm just not as good as the other people. That's BS. I am. And who am I to say that I'm not? 
going back to who am I to say that I'm not good enough to do something. We are all brilliant. We just have to let that brilliant shine. So, all right, this thing kind of ran on and on. The other thing I came out with was the fact that through one of these surveys is they may feel that I'm moderately depressed. And then, uh, so I'm working on the program for that, that they sent me. And, uh, the first thing they talk about is activation, which is you need to do something, which is interesting because I struggled to do this podcast today. Uh, I'm going to be, I was going to do it later in the week, but I'm going to be busy later in the week. And I was like, I don't really feel like doing it now. I don't feel like I'm prepared well enough. And bottom line is I just sat for like two hours today, lamenting over whether I'm going to do this or not. And I'm thinking about this activation thing that they're telling me about. That's what I needed to do. I just needed to get going on it. And I did. And here we are. We got it done. All right. I didn't like talking about myself like that at the end. So I don't know how that's going to come out at the final, the final cut here. It may be edited up pretty good. I may be cutting that sucker down. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, guys and gals. This is the Oakwitz's Day Job Podcast, motivation to get you started. We are all just trying to get over those hurdles that we have in our life that make us feel like we just can't start chasing our dreams. And yes, we can. So please get engaged with this podcast. Uh, like, follow, share, all that stuff. Tell your friends about it. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram, wherever. Uh, you know, we got the video on YouTube, which whatever, you get to look at my ugly mug talking. Or you can listen to it on all these podcast sites. Um, share the links with people. Uh, comment, shoot me an email. It's goins2222 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. I'm out. This is the outro music. It's the music at the end of the podcast. They call it outro. Talking about the stuff that was on the show. Thanks for listening, folks. This has been the Oquitz's Day Job Podcast. Motivation to get you started. This podcast is brought to you by Greg Owens Comedy.com. Produced by Greg Owens. Music by Greg Owens. Everything by Greg Owens. Except the artwork. That was Joe Owens. Check him out sometime, too. Folks, don't forget to subscribe, follow, share, brag about, go to Instagram, all the stuff you're supposed to do when you like a podcast. We'll see you next time, folks. Thanks for coming out. Boom. Bow, bow, bow.